You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Jesus asks, Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? In the name of Jesus, Amen. Even the greatest and the best of the saints lose sight of their comfort and their consolation when things go horribly wrong. Once the Blessed Virgin and Joseph realized that Jesus was nowhere to be found among their family and their acquaintances and their friends, they raced back to Jerusalem and scoured the city for three days. Finally, they saw Jesus, their boy, in the temple. He wasn't in distress. He wasn't even lost. Instead, he was amazing the teachers huddled around him with his understanding of Holy Scripture. St. Luke records both Mary and Joseph as being totally astonished at the sight. Now, I can't imagine what it must have felt like for Mary and Joseph to be looking for Jesus and not finding him. The best I have, I suppose, is that every so on, I think, Noah tries to climb the stairs by himself. (laughs) And then you lose sight of him for that one second, and then you just dread. And so you... Look and see and grab him and make sure that he doesn't fall into any harm or danger. But imagine that a hundredfold. That's what it must have felt like for Mary and Joseph. Yet when they found their boy, after Mary's own attempted rebuke towards her son, our Lord Jesus opens his mouth and preaches his first recorded sermon. He instructs his mother. He instructs Joseph. And he instructs the whole Holy Christian Church of where they can find their Lord. Where true comforts and consolation are present and abundant. Especially when we are afflicted with the distress of this life. Dear Saints, Jesus is found in his Father's house. Now, whenever things go wrong, we have, I think, a knee-jerk reaction to panic. And so we start looking at everything that we're doing and wondering, is this, is this thing that I'm doing right now the reason that everything is going wrong? And now some of you are going to know this in a few hours when you think, maybe it was this piece of tortilla chip that I just ate that, that Andrew Luck threw that perfect touchdown pass to T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> and you'll be tempted to put down chips for the rest of the game, thinking that by doing so, Peyton Manning will be somehow helped in his ensuing drive. It's not going to work. I'm just going to tell you right now. (laughs) But of course, you know, this is more serious than just sports superstitions because as the world struggles to understand why it suffers, why there's heartache and sadness, it starts to search around, looking for a source of meaning behind the shock of discovering disease or the grief of losing a friend or the terror that comes from confronting death. And the world's search is is restless as it goes after meaning, as it goes after some, some sort of truth out there. It's a never-ending movement, really. From one spirituality to the next, from one philosophy to the next, even from one set of pleasures to the next. It never finds a foundation upon which to stand. 
And this is especially dangerous for you, dear saints. To witness the spiritual pilgrimages of others in the world, and then to be led into thinking that you must follow in their endless wanderings. And so when you tragically lose a friend, when you're burdened with a restless conscience, the world will teach you to start questioning immediately the foundation of Holy Scripture upon which you stand. They're going to teach you to search after new and exotic saviors in strange and unfamiliar places. Now, I remember back when I was in college, uh, someone once told me that I really had no right to be a Christian. And this is the reason why. Uh, I had never spent any time searching or seeking outside of my faith tradition. And I suppose the accusation is that I had not earned my religious convictions, that I had merely inherited them and that somehow that made them less valid. I suppose that the implication is that my confession, because I had not sought it through some sort of strange, mystical, spiritual journey, was meaningless. And that this person was telling me that the only meaning that, that is genuine, that is that can be grabbed onto, must be achieved at the end of a long road of, of soul-seeking of some sort. But this, dear friends, was nothing more than, than an invitation and an enticement to step outside of the fortress walls of the catechism in which I had been brought up. And that's what the world exactly wants from us. To be constantly searching, but never finding to be trying on one religion after the next in the same way as you take off a set of clothing then put on a new one. Actually finding some sort of foundational truth is not really what the world wants. What the world wants you to think is, what, what, what the world wants you to come to the realization of is that there is no one meaning, that there is no one foundation. There is only moving and searching. And this is Satan's attack. He wants you to search and then to be in great distress over it. And he's going to lead you anywhere as long as it is not to the clear and certain words of Holy Scripture. He's going to lead you away from preaching and teaching the forgiveness of sins for Christ's sake. And he's going to hold out before your eye other saviors that are much more pleasing to look at. But ultimately, these saviors will not comfort you. They will not give you peace. And this is exactly what Jesus fights against in his short sermon for today, because he locks your eyes firmly on himself in his Father's house. So pay attention to what Jesus says. He asks, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? The first thing that he does is to condemn the very act of searching of following these dead-end paths of the world and its vain attempts to find comfort. And this, dear saints, is hard and accusing law. It's teaching you the third commandment, which warns against despising preaching and God's word, which is exactly what Satan wants from you. The spiritual flights of men are always away from the word of God and always to somewhere else, be it to your works be it to some sort of truth about the divine discovered in nature, be it to even the inner recesses of your own heart. Now, Mary and Joseph should have known all this. They knew that Jesus was proclaimed by angels and the prophets alike to be God's own Son. 
clothed in our human nature and having the same flesh that we have in our own bodies. They should have realized that there were certain and specific promises from God that He is present for us in definitive places on this earth. The Lord promised to be present among His chosen people at the tabernacle after they left Sinai. And then later He promised to be present with them at the temple because this is the place where sacrifice was made and then the favor of God was merited and distributed. Now, where did Simeon and Anna, who were waiting for the consolation of Israel, where did they hang out? Where were they waiting for their Savior? In the temple, of course. And so later in Holy Week, where else are you going to find Jesus after the triumphal entry other than being in the temple, teaching? Indeed, Luke writes he was in the temple teaching daily. But Jesus coming into the temple does more than proclaim these blocks of stone as being the one place where God is present. Instead, he is showing us that this temple is pointing to himself. When Jesus teaches about the temple, he's teaching that the old is coming to an end and that he is bringing in the new. That the appointed place of God's favor, the appointed place of sacrifice, was his own body, nailed to a cross, And from there would be propitiation, which means the place where the favor of God is merited and won forever for for his saints. The question for Mary and Joseph this morning is, why it took them so long? Why, Why did it take them so long to remember the teachings of Holy Scripture? If Jesus would have been anywhere in Jerusalem, he must have been in the temple. And yet it took them three days, three days to come to this realization. Outside in the rest of the city, their boy was nowhere to be found, and their distress was multiplied one second after the next. But after finally laying their eyes on Jesus, after finally hearing his voice, they were consoled. Their fears were put to rest, even if they didn't completely understand the meaning of his words. So, dear saints, where is it that you find Jesus today? You can't go to the temple. It's been destroyed. Nor can you go to the cross. You can't find it on this earth. So where should you go? Well, stop looking and take heart. Jesus has found you. You are right now in the Father's house. The Word of God made flesh, the temple of His very body, finds you in the swaddling clothes of Holy Scripture, as Luther once eloquently wrote. Where this Word is taught and its truth and purity... Yes, even here at Hope Lutheran Church, there is Jesus present and saving sinners just like you and me. Especially those of us who have grown weary from chasing after false saviors and false hopes, who have found nothing in this life but distress. Jesus himself baptizes you with water and the word. He places his divine and triune name upon you and he gives you the promise of righteousness, and clothes you with his own garment of of salvation, even until life eternal. And there is no greater consolation. Jesus alone grants his presence to you by saying that he loves you, that you are forgiven, 
that you have rest from all of the troubles that you are going to find in the world. And so when your conscience is troubled with the knowledge that you have often strayed away from God's Word, Jesus soothes your conscience. He says, I forgive you. When the sting of death threatens your life, your relatives' lives, or even your own, Jesus offers you resurrection. Now it's true, the Lord will send suffering, calamity, and the cross in your life. Indeed, Jesus has promised it. But it is for this one reason. It is to end your spiritual searches in the world, to show the vain comforts that you have acquired for yourselves to be nothing but quicksand. It's to bring you back to the one place where you can find Jesus. And so don't panic and take comfort. Within this is unassailable fortress of God's word. Jesus says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.